This time on TNT. Like, what would you get Drake for his birthday? Have you heard how expensive lumber is these days? And a new call-in show, I Love Rock and Rollsen. It's all coming up right now on TNT. So I love rock and roll. My name's Jürgen Kranzekarken. This is a show every week where we get people to call in from the phones to say if they like the rock and rolls. Hope you had a great week. Hope you had a chance to listen to rock and roll music. That's my passion. And now we'll go straight to the phones. Gunther, you're waiting on so patient on the four lines. Do you love rock and rolls? Hi, this is Onten Gunten. Yes, oh, I love I'm sorry, rock and I had roll. your name wrong in the notes. I said Gunther. No, it's Gunten Gunten. It's I love rock and rolls. <laughs> do you love the rock and rolls? I do so much. In, in fact, the, la- the last night I have <laughs> rock and roll party in my house. And- okay, so let me ask you a question. Why do you love rock and rolls? <laughs> I, I love the beating and the smashing and rocking and making me rolling. <laughs> it's so smashing. I'm loving. So, to recap, then, you love the beating. <laughs> And you love the smashings. <laughs> Gunther, what do you feel in your heart when you hear the rock and rolls? Eh, I want to hug, hug, hug the music. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> well, thanks for calling. Okay. <laughs> I love rock and roll too, just so as you know, son. So many callers to get through in such a short time. Thanks to our sponsors, uh, Giant Tigers, uh, Germany's only um, store where you can get eggs, but also Christmas pajama bottoms 12 years in a row, 12 months in a row. Uh, Let's go back to the phones. Klaus, you're on the line. One question for you, Klaus. Do you love und, rock and rollsen? Und schlagen, laufen and rock and rollen. It means favorite and mecken me. So I'm rock and rollen. When you hear the rock and rollen, what's your feeling? It makes me schlagen and <laughs> rock and rollen. It makes me jump and rock and schlagen. You're on a boat and it's going down and you're on a life raft and there's only one seat of the life raft. Do you save rock or do you save rolling? I want to save rocking, but I love rolling. <laughs> <laughs> it decision is too hard. It's hard to decide. You're killing a darling out of the Danke für Callen. Danke. That was Klaus. So far, this has Gunther's and Klaus. Thanks you so much for Callen. Next up on the line, and I love rock and roll, Hans. Uh, hello, Hans. Oh, hello. Hi. <laughs> Hans, the question's very simple. Do you yeah. love rock and rolling? Oh, da. I love rock and rolling. It's... <laughs> My best and <laughs> rock and rolling right now. What is it about rock and rolling that you like so much? Leather pantsing <laughs> and turning loose <laughs> and working for the weekend. Oh, so she likes the lover boys. And 
Ja, Mark and Reno Lauben. When was the last time you turned them loose? It turned loose and right loose. That's amazing. Hans. Ah, da. Danke. When and where was the time you loved rock and roll the most? In Berlin in 1999. Was that the incident with the loft balloons? Nina? Nina. Yeah. It was uh, uh, winds of changing. Oh, when the winds are changing. Yes. Of course, I love too when the winds are changing. Winds are changing. Uh, Gorky Park. <laughs> Go to Gorky Park. Gorky Park. And if you were to compare rock and roll into a food, what does rock and roll taste like? Bratwurst and schlag and salad. <laughs> oh, so it's it's hard to digest. And Rock and Jack and Diane. Oh, Jack and Diane. Jack and Diane and Danka. Danka for calling, Hans. We have one John Cougar Mellon Campen. John Cougar Mellon Campen, Duncan. John Cougar Mellon Campen. We have time for one more Collins. Uh, Justin. Uh, Justin on the line. Hello, Justin. Hello, hello, hi. I'm listening on the internet. I'm from uh, Alberta, Canada. Justin, I, lo I love your show. This is my favorite Apple Music selection. Albert and uh, uh, Nickelback and yes, that's Nickelback from Ch here. Ch yes, Charlie Krogan. He's one of my favorites. I'd like this song. It's pretty good, too. Remember these girls? Heart. I have Seas this dreams. one on right now. Seas Dreams. It, yeah. Nancy Harton, Anne Harton. It's a good intro, too. If you listen, there's a lot of stuff happening. Justin, are you a musician? No, just like it. Lot. Hans I met Robin. Nickelback once. I met Nickelback once at Sobeys. Which section? He was, he was there buying chocolate. The fancy, uh, you know, the ones with the balls, the Lindor stuff, the red ones. He was buying that. And I said, hey. And he said, yeah. And he gave me the devil horns. He says a grocery store in the United States in Kroger. I wonder if he's the heir to that fortune. Yeah, maybe. Job anyway, Thanks for having me on on the show. I'm going to keep listening here. Thanks for calling, Justin. You listen to I Love Rock and Rolls. Obviously, can't talk about rock and rolling without mentioning the most important fans of all time, which is Aerosmith. Steven Tyler, rockin' and rollin'. Thanks for listening to the shows. And once again, thanks to our sponsor, Giant Tiger Germany, where you can get Lucky Charms and Firewood in the same basket on the same day, at the same time. And of course, as always, thanks to our headline sponsor, Verzers. Verzers, original creamery butterscotch candies were made in the tiny village of Werther by Gustav Nebel, who used only the finest creamery butter to make the most delicious mouse candy. Until next week, I'm Gunther Kranzekaken. Thanks for listening. Way to bring the theme back. <laughs> You know, in Germany, there's some radio <laughs> show like that. For sure. Do you love rock and rolling? Oh, I love, I love rock, rock and, and rolling. Roll.
When you introduce the suffix en, Titan Panson. <laughs> well, I remember being in Amsterdam one time. Uh, actually, it was the, f- the first time I ever tried an edible, like, weed substance. They have these things called space cakes. And uh, me, me and Steve, I think Steve partook and tried one of these cakes. And he put on, like, some, some records. And uh, we just started laughing. I couldn't believe how time just stopped. And we were just listening to the records. And the records were just, like, you could hear squeaks on the bass drum all of a sudden. Just it was a whole another level. And then all of a sudden we were... I don't know how long we were listening to music and probably laughing and talking so loudly. But all of a sudden we got a a big uh, bang on the door. <laughs> and we were, we were so stoned we were afraid to answer it. But I look at in the people and it was like this dude all with red, red, <laughs> red hair and big thick glasses and all <laughs> like red mustache. And he's like, banging on the door and I looked in the people and I was like hey look at him and through the, the people to Steve and he looks and he starts laughing and so all of a sudden the guy you can hear that he can hear us laughing and he's like turn it down the music and it's a too loud and music a too loud and you got a too loud so, yeah because he had no frame of reference for what was loud or where you were or what was happening but he was just like yelling through the door and the more he talked the more we were laughing like just being complete morons but I just remember him turning music too loud and so did you have a show yeah we were playing in Amsterdam so did the show go okay Oh yeah, yeah. It was it was like a day off, I think. Oh, okay. So this wasn't like backstage before a show or anything. No, it was in the hotel, oh, just got hanging it. out. Yeah, yeah. But I thought I, I said I had such a fun ride. I took another one the next day, <laughs> which was not the best idea because we had like a a lunch and a bunch of interviews, <laughs> like a label lunch. Well, they must be I used to say that. Anything. I guess, but I was like mute the whole time. And I remember one interview, it was one of those like, ask one member a question. <laughs> and then everyone goes around. Oh, no. And by the time they got to me, I was like, are we still talking about this? Oh. <laughs> dangerous. What's, yeah. what's the most dangerous city to tour in? That must be up there. For, for partying? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, just because you, you can't not go out and walk around, right? And and it's just kind of like being at an amusement park and, you know, not going outside to have a, have a gander. Time just disappears. Yeah, for sure. But I, yeah. I was really surprised with Amsterdam because, you know, you always hear about it, CD Underbelly. What a beautiful yeah. city it is. It really is, and the uh, the Van Gogh Museum and all the different museums and just the architecture and people bombing around on town, bikes and canals. It's yeah, really then, yeah, pretty. If you, out, if you go out of town, you get to see all the beautiful meadows and and uh, all the flowers. It's incredible. It's yep. Um, and if it's uh, that's one thing that's cool about Europe when you're touring. It's like everything's so close together. You. You only have to drive a couple hours, but everything is so different every couple hours. Oh, interesting. You're constantly looking out the window. It's just blown away, you know? Never thought about it that way, but you'd probably have more time in each place because you're not driving as far. Yeah. Oh, wow. Exactly. It's only... You're right there. That's... It's it's really cool. And you have... you just, it's just amazing to go for for like for example from France to Belgium or from Belgium to Germany 
like you, you you're only going a, a certain distance, but everything is so different. Not just the language, but just the culture and the architecture and stuff. So, right. But then, you know, and then you you always rip around to the downtown core, and it's just the the age and the history of everything. It's like when you and I were joking around on, on the road, like, "Wow, how old is that fucking place?" Oh, it's That's old. That place is old. old. <laughs> that it's like like the scale is like really old to unbelievably oh. old to impossibly old, <laughs> super old. Um, you know, yeah. I like that though. I I was always um, uh, surprised how, even though there's no physical border or boundary when you travel from england into scotland you can feel it before you see it like it just looks and feels different the hills yeah yeah the hills just the um scotland is so wind blown and um uh felt like um uh like what's the grass in the dunes in pei like like that kind of grass as opposed to green verdant lush england but i guess same can be said of grouse bushes. Anywhere. Yeah, <laughs> partridge berries. I don't know. Yeah. Now I'm just making stuff up. Yeah, exactly. That's where you get the green gown going. Wow. The green golf gown. The <laughs> golf course green gown. I noticed that the boss uh, were uh, golfing a churro today. I took it over the dunes for the night to give her the green gown over the dunes. The green goon. Um, Truro International Golf and Country Club seems to be open, and the boys are and gals are out uh, today. It's a blustery, cold day, but they're doing it. How much does oh, that uh, matter when things are kind of in lockdown land? Like getting out for a sneaky eighteen? It's the most freedom some people have right now. Not yeah, that's the only thing that. Uh, well, Ontario is the only place where golf's banned in the whole world right now it's banned so golf yeah there's no golf courses are closed why in ontario well it's speculative i guess i don't know they, they were closed in the initial lockdown last spring and then they were open all summer and there was no outbreaks but i, I mean when the cases are four thousand a day plus i mean it's 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 a hard to argue having anything open but yeah um there was nothing happening in terms of uh, people getting outbreaks at golf courses and it, you're not you're on the outside you don't go in the clubhouses you don't go in the bathroom so they have it <clears throat> maintained well but um the numbers are so high it's just hard hard to argue or to campaign for it when everything is just so fucked you know yeah it, although it'd be it'd be nice to golf but i mean it's just so crazy right now it has to get harnessed quickly our hospitals are just really in a, in bad shape. So um, the worst fear that we had was that the ICUs filling up, and here we are; they're all full, and they're actually looking at other sources to put people, like LTC homes, like which is I can't even believe that. That's unbelievable. Like, look at all the neglect and failure that's happened on that level for outbreaks, bringing patients from hospitals there. Like that's some uh, you know, situation that's helped everybody. It's not. It's just more problems for the people in those places that aren't aren't staffed properly in terms of from outbreaks. Anyway, you know, they're st- they're staffed for having people that are elderly and taking care of them. They're not staffed for having uh, swarms of people coming in and situations being out of control. They're, the ventilation isn't isn't done properly in those places. There's so many reasons to to not do that <clears throat> but that's where we're at in ontario the gong show that ford continues well nova scotia's back in lockdown too yeah and it's from uh, some folks uh coming here and not quarantining <clears throat> so there's a uh it's obviously a very emotional uh topic and people are riled up and it isn't cool and it isn't fair um so they've upped the uh, fines from one thousand to two thousand. That's for partying because they were having. They're running to this thing where uh, students at universities, not all, but some, were getting together and partying and getting fines, and then 
uh, putting their picture of themselves with the their fine on the gram and uh, like hashtag worth like, it. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, there's there's an Airbnb by my house, and there's some people at a party here when it was full lockdown like three weeks ago. And the cops came, but at that point, the cops couldn't physically open the door, so they were just hiding in the house, like 30 people. Right. But um, that's that's what's been happening, too. People will rent an Airbnb and then have like 30 people at, at it. Oh, wow. <clears throat> like, I think if... I get it. It, it. It's so layered. Like I, I feel bad for twenty somethings. If this has been now over a year of your university experience, that's no fun. And you're supposed to make bad decisions and neck and get wasted and barf and all that stuff. And you haven't been able to. And I thought I knew it all in my twenties too. Um, but if people are coming here and not quarantining and going out, throw them in jail, man. I don't think yeah. there is a punishment harsh enough. And if you don't no. send a message that the line in the sand is not messing around, I think people will yeah. always push it just a bit. For sure. Yeah, and that's where it has to get. And especially if you're like getting together with your buddies to have a freedom talk and act what you think is activism. Yeah. Like th that's really where the fines should start getting to the point where like this person shouldn't fly anywhere shouldn't be able to leave yeah if you're going around when icus are rammed and saying this is a, a made up by the government to try and control us like woof i, I only I, I got no time for that but how tired are the public health workers like i feel like every day or oh. two i have a oh man i haven't even considered those people like all of the uncertainty and pressure that just everyone feels as a baseline now add there is physical risk to you to do your job as a layer on top of that that's even worse now add yeah, you have we're, we're, child we're, care issues we're or you bringing can't... in people we're bringing in people from other countries doctors to help i know in icus i know it's bananas like it's really i can't believe it i thought we had a handle on it and if you look at the statistics, how bad Ontario is comparatively to other provinces, it's it's shocking. And it's the neighborhoods, the hotspots where it's uh, communities are clumped, clumped together and, and people don't have a place to go. And it's a lot of those frontline workers that live in those places that are not getting paid sick days to properly quarantine or, you know, uh, get through COVID if they have it that's where the biggest issue is in the vaccination lineups in those areas going around the block compared to you know nicer neighborhoods where you just go in for your appointment like it's it's been handled like that and that's the issue that's at at the table and the, the real problem is not helping communities that really need it yeah and that's the that's that you know i don't think you're seeing that in other provinces like you are in ontario <clears throat> yikes yeah. Yikers Island. Yeah, it is. How are things in Taggartville? Well, it, uh, still house hunting. We've lot, we're have we 0 for 8 now and bidding wars. So that's, you know, been kind of ridiculous. So when you uh, when you make an offer, aside from the time and sweat equity and stuff, are, you have to put a deposit with your offer, right? Yeah. And the bigger yes. the deposit, the more enticing the it's offer? It's 5%. Whoa! Yeah, it, yeah. Is five percent industry standard or law or? I think it's dependent on the on the deal with uh, uh, holding offers, but uh, generally it's five percent. So yeah, you have to, you know, I've gone to the bank so many times, got a bank draft, bring it back the next day, put it back in. Your heart's not even in it. Like sure, here yeah, you go. No, well, I even I even said the last time is like I'll be back tomorrow to bring this back. I just. Uh, got to do this right <laughs> and i did but i mean it's uh it's getting to the point that the, for the first time yet we actually saw a house yesterday that had like it had everything we need like bedrooms space for lisa's mom uh it even had a pool but it was right on backing onto a major road and sound the, the level of volume 
in the backyard like you couldn't even talk I'm like well that's that for that I mean the house was perfect so that's like the first time where we could have got it but I just I'm not living with like that kind of loud noise plus the gasoline coming out of the cars and trucks going by all the time while you're in the pool like no thanks well that's the one thing you can't change right yeah where it is so it's uh i i'm saying that's the first time where it's been like oh okay we you know there's a decision that has to be made as opposed to you know our uh, hats in the ring and we'll find out and see because uh so that's uh, i guess it's all you know we're getting to the late spring where it's the weather is nice and pools are actually open and flowers are starting to bloom so the houses the you know hopefully the inventory uh picks up and so there's not just one or one house every week it's like if there was three or four houses that we liked then we probably would get it is that what you're seeing like more houses are going on the market all the time definitely you're seeing a lot of places with bins out front in nice neighborhoods oh interesting of like just cleaning it out chuck your junk before you fire it on wow yeah for sure i mean a year and a half ago like you're driving around and there was signs on like so like every lawn it seemed like every four houses there was a sign so the inventory was better last a year year and a half ago it just needs to get to that point where everyone wants to cash in and houses actually sit for a little while instead of you know selling right away withholding offers woof and it only works if you're buying in somewhere else or buying, in your case, further away from the yeah. lake. I mean, it's this market is, if you're buying, it's the worst market in the history of, of this area ever. So, but if you're selling, it's, it's great. But like, there's never been a worse time in the history of buying. No. <laughs> Unless you're not in this area, but yeah. It seems, you know, it's it's relative across the country in terms of everybody's noticed that the real estate has gone up. But Heck yeah, area, girl. Truro's on fire right now. 40%. On fire in Truro? Yeah. Like, yeah, that's good. It's relative, but if um, it's reached here... Have you, have you ever thought about maybe... Uh, mixing it up a bit or i mean you got you built your place it's great it has everything you need but i'm just saying you know in your mind yeah uh no no the the short answer is no we yeah uh yeah sometimes we try to imagine if someone walked into this house and it was for sale would they i think i think you either get it or you don't and the people that get it would really like it but it's not for everybody and there are some Mm -hmm. things that are kind of unique to us and to the place that uh, yeah. might be deal breakers for some people. It might be the thing that would make people have to have it. But um, we don't ever think of like, yeah, we should sell this and, and move somewhere else. Kind of weird that we have a cottage in PEI that we haven't seen since we closed on it. Yeah. The Atlantic bubbles yeah. closed. I have windows and um, a new door in storage here that I can't mm-hmm. even get over there because the bubbles closed and the other thing about your place is you could always add to it if you need sure that's that like that's if you're ever looking for something you could always just pop something on there i have a good friend of mine who's got a huge lot and just in aurora their house is that it's like one nice old house but then there's like Ha- uh, one side of it has a whole other wing, and then the back of it has a whole uh, separate wing. But it just becomes this cool. I thought you were gonna uh, say one of a kind deal. I thought you were gonna say I have a real good idea for something you guys could do, and I was like, oh, I, I'm anxious to hear it. We we typically do <laughs> something um, every to year upgrade the property. Yeah, a little, a little thing or a big yeah. thing, a fence or a thing or a thing. But we got a quote on a wooden fence around the horse pasture because oh, it just man, looks nice. I can't imagine. Well, well a year ago, have gone up. Yeah, a year ago it was thirty-five thousand dollars for a fence. Yeah. Um. So now it would be Double. fifty-two. Yeah. Yeah. 
because the boards have actually doubled. Like, my, for example, the six by sixes, the posts that I got were thirty-one dollars. Yeah. Each. Now they're like seventy plus dollars. C'est banane. And the fence boards were like three bucks, and now they're six plus bucks. Nuts. If if you can get it, that's the other thing. If you can find the lumber, like a big amount of it, like it's it's crazy, man. And you're lock the lockout on all of it. No, it's like not to 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 try and you know the the, the idea of because you know in the beginning of this we're thinking well you know if we go uh, and get something that needs some love you, the 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 margin of 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 equity that they squeeze out of the these lots now it's impossible you have to like for example you buy you can't buy a lot around here for less than uh six seven eight hundred thousand dollars whoa so what the hell are you gonna do on that you okay you got a nice lot for 700 grand and, and you, you haven't even started on it yeah you gotta get you gotta knock down something dig up something there's going to be at least 30 grand before I even start. And then there's the 40 grand in permits. And then the lumber and everything, what was once 450, 400,000 is now like $700,000. So now you're looking at like $800,000. So now, why not just buy a house for 1.6 million if you're going to try and go all through that little scene? And banks won't give you money on a teardown. They, you, it has to be something that looks like you can inhabit. Disease. Yeah, it's crazy stuff. I'm learning a lot about the real estate market though in this time. Well, that part's kind of interesting. Yeah, like I, I can assess houses like a math now. <laughs> right, whether it's a teardown. <laughs> well, the price, yeah, if you're trying to sell your house around here, I could tell you. And uh, yeah, or teardowns, whatever. Because it's just the calculations that we've been making over for our own personal options, you know, and especially going through, uh, for us, it's four plus one bedroom houses in this area. Like we get everything that comes on the market for every day. Like it goes from 20 houses on, on Sunday night to a hundred houses on Friday. Every single day, there's just new houses. Are you casting a wider net yet or not yet? Well, our net goes from to Stouffville, to King, like King City, uh, Markham, uh, East and West Gwillimbury, you know, like Gior Georgina, Keswick, like north on the 404. Uh, we haven't bridged, opened it up to like Innisfil and Barry, but that's the only like other ones, like Stouffville's in it. Oxbridge. Is your realtor so, yeah, getting frustrated? Uh, not really. She's an, a, a, one, a really good friend. So, like, Lisa's known her for forever since working at the ACC together. So they're, uh, it's kind of uh, not that frustrating and it's because at least you're, you're friends, but uh, the, the actual back and forth and the waiting is just you know more frustrating i think just for us because you just see the rise and the fall i interviewed a good time realtor this week and she's like you know what frustrating for us too because we could be showing people 50 places and they don't get one and they yeah. start to think it's on us and we don't get paid unless a deal closes so it's not great for us either no um that's no, something that you don't think about a lot yeah, no, it's definitely not uh, walking around and, and just seeing these agents and it's all their fault. It's not. But some of these agents, are, the way they play the the bidding wars is pretty awful. Greasy. Yeah, like my favorite is uh, we had one where we, we actually had the initial high offer. It was only two people involved in the, in the bidding process. And this is why I think bid... Bids should be transparent because the agent can do whatever they want. So uh, we had uh, one bid and it was higher. 
So imagine if it's an auction and you have a higher bid and they, they don't accept your bid. They just tell the other person that their bid needs to be higher, but not telling them what the number is to get. So um, the, these our offer was like our ceiling. So it could have been their offer could have been 10 grand more and we would have said, no, forget it. But their, their, the end, it, it ended up selling that that person, the other person ended up paying $160,000 more than our offer. Whoa. Yeah. So imagine what kind of bullshit was going on with the agent to them. Yeah, right. When Greaseteria. Probably saying, oh, well, you know, you're not even close. You guys got it. You got to get over that. $160,000 more. They could have got it for a hundred or for 10,000 more. So There's, that's kind of what's going on. Like if you if, if it was transparent and everyone sees it, you know, you make a decision there. You you go from there. You don't just bullshit the other person into thinking the other person is way higher. Like that's completely unfair and that's that's where the things get out of control. I'll tell you, you the um the uh, most nervous part of the sale of our flip was after we had an accepted offer while we were waiting for the bank to go appraise it. Because the bank can say, this isn't worth that. You're not paying that. No, that's and that's what's happening a lot with you're seeing deals fall through because uh, someone will pay, you know, $300,000 more than the house is actually worth, worth on the appraisal. Right. And there, that's already a gargantuan lend on the mortgage, but they're saying that extra three hundred thousand, you know, where before a bank might cover that in terms of like because the comparables in the neighborhood, right? Now they're getting they're getting they're getting appraisers to go there, and it's closer to the list price. So they're going to the client, to the banks are saying, yeah. We'll give you this mortgage, but that three hundred thousand over, you have to come up with, with that, right? And it's like game over for most. That's people when you ask your nan. That. <laughs> that's when you, yeah, that's when you go. That's when you dig up nan. Oh, the jewelry. <laughs> I asked. Oh dear. <laughs> Uh, I interviewed a realtor this week, and she said that is the mistake that a lot of people make. The first thing is, if you're approved for 500, you should be looking at places that are 400, not 600, because yeah. that's creating exactly. a lot of confusion and chaos. Yeah. Um, and the other thing and that's what's going on. The other thing that she said is, um, a lot of people are are saying the same thing, like, "Well, I'll build then." And building materials are so bananas. We're building yeah. a couple new trailers for rolling, and. The, I feel bad for the, the company. They're in Ontario. And their suppliers, like their subcontractors, like, for example, our trailer, our first trailer was done. They're waiting on windows. So she has right. two choices. She either has to wait for her supplier, who was 40,000 windows behind, or find another supplier and pay a premium for windows to get them sooner but that all comes out of her margin yeah like just Yikes. nuts on nuts on nuts but same oh, thing I, with building I, materials I feel... like there was a toilet shortage really yeah what are you gonna do that's everything everything our house is done except for toilets do you want to wait uh yeah yes i do <laughs> yeah <laughs> i kind of well, do no, if they're if there's a shortage so that means yeah you got to Get this Toto in New Jersey for five hundred and seventy bucks right. instead of two hundred bucks. It's a big exercise in what sucks the least. That, but it just squeezes out the little guy. That's the problem. It squeezes out the little guy. What is going on here? This By the way, iPads making noises. I know so. you don't watch um, the Voice, but no, I don't. Uh, Snoop Dogg has been a mega mentor. Okay. And he's so good at music. Like, yeah. he probably, oh, yeah. he probably doesn't get enough credit for how good he is as a producer and as a musician. And he's sort of like, his, like the very mention of his name kind of puts a smile on people's face. And obviously he's cool, but... The way he expresses himself musically 
is like he he sounds like himself. He's always that guy. But when mm-hmm. when someone uh, does a rehearsal, he's like the the song was big all the way through, and then it ended small and bigger. And even though it's the most um, uh, kind of basic or non-technical way to say that, his instincts mm-hmm. are always perfect. Yeah. It's really cool. Well, he has a huge wealth of musical knowledge, too. Like, he's the the amount of, like, soul and R&B music that guy knows. Yeah. It's crazy. And that Dr. Dre, too. Like, that's kind of his secret of his whole concept is his knowledge of, of uh, soul R&B uh, music and his use of it, his, the way that he put together his samples and, and, and grooves. But yeah, deep, deep history of uh, American music, like big knowledge there on, on Snoop. But that's one thing I don't get about The Voice. How come nobody on that show has ever become famous? Well, I don't get that either. And What's up with that? I don't get it either because the talent is outrageous. And obviously the push they have behind them is really huge. But I, I don't understand the same thing. Because there have been some people that have won that show that I've thought, this person is a superstar. And there are some people that Kelly Clarkson is like, whoa, I thought I could sing. Um The interesting thing was the coaches are from four different genres, but, and the singers are from probably 10 different genres, uh, like the contestants, but Snoop could speak with knowledge to each of them in a way that was really relevant specifically to their unique genre. Like he knows a lot about country. Mm-hmm. So uh, this contestant did a rehearsal of this thing, this 17-year-old kid with a real deep voice and one of them accents like this. One of those kind of guys. Yeah. He's like, man, speak that second last line. Don't sing it. Like, do that um, Conway Twitty kind of, hello, darling. Yeah. Nice to see you. <laughs> um, and it was such an astute note, and it really made the the performance better. Nice. Pretty cool, Jeremy. Conway. Yeah, pretty cool guy. Not like as that what like who's the most famous person from that show? That's like won it. Anybody is there? It's got to be somebody who's like still banging. No. Hmm. Like, do they get a deal when they win? I think what they get is a hundred grand and to make a record. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, but that's not nothing. If you're working at the car wash thought, in American Macon, Idol Georgia, a million, a, a million bucks. I don't. American Idol's a million dollars. Is it like a deal? I think it is. Yeah. Okay, so aside from Carrie Underwood and Kelly Clarkson, who from Idol is a super turbo? Well, even star? that guy, even that Bo Bice, you still hear him kicking around. Dot tree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like there's a lot. They're still going. Like all those guys, even that fucking uh, the guy who did the OLP songs. What was his name? Who? The singer guy. What was his name? Who? I did a couple shows with him. Wait, can't remember. You he did, did a couple- like Innocent on on American Idol. No and, way. Like, he was like calling Rain up and stuff when he was. Can't remember his name. Anyway, he's even he's still going. I'm saying, like, it, it seems like everybody in that show that won it is still kicking around. One of the people I I asked uh, yesterday on Twitter, what's the song that instantly puts you in a great mood? Oh, I think you weighed in, David David Cook, that guy, David Cook, that's his name, David Cook. Oh yeah, I remember that little map. Yeah, he did innocent. Nice guy. So what do you get for that? Yeah, and and, uh, and like Simon was like, that was shit. Was he? Yeah. He was basically going off like the rain made us there. And then Simon was like, that was a little bit uh, pompous. Really? <laughs> and then and then uh, David Cook told me that Simon was like, Why, what are you doing here afterwards? Like he, he thought he should not have won. He won the show? <laughs> He won the show, and Simon Cowell was like, you should not have won this. <laughs> this is the thing That's about Simon Cowell, good. though. He, he 
might not say what you want to hear, but he's never wrong. Oh. Yeah, I know. For sure. Like, that guy should have started rocking some country straight up, and I think he'd be, like, pounding it. So what... What? Because he could sing his ass off. Like, he's a great singer. What do you get for him doing your song on American Idol? They obviously have to license it from you guys. Yeah, no, they pay... It's a good... It's a pay... Uh, a, a good chunk of cash. How much? Like Ten grand. Really? Ten grand or something for ma- a major thing like that? Yeah. Well, that's not bad. It's not like the old, the old days of like get having a like the Big Bang Theory. That's some. There's some cake. Oh yeah. Ed, just right into things with that. That's got to be insane. Like that has to be. That's a. That's your whole. Even if you never did anything else before that's gotta or after. That's got to be bigger than. Yeah, that's got to be bigger than anything they did by a long shot. It has to be just because it's just so big. And it was like it kind of culturally large in that same regard. Like it's not just the theme because because it was just specific to that. Kind of had a a bigger rip. We should record a song. How much do you think the freaking that friend song made for those guys? The Rembrandts? Yeah. Like just bonkers, like you said, just like you know, the amount of money where you're like you got so much that you just start trying to think of stuff to keep your mind from being numb. What you think that's that Gulfstream money? Are you buying a Gulfstream if you're the Rembrandts? Gulfstream? If, if the off if the offspring math can have a Gulfstream, then why can't the like that? Okay, get it. if we were talking about three boat garage Muskoka money, <laughs> Gulfstream <laughs> yeah. money is the tier above that's that, right? Next level for sure. Well, yeah, planes and yachts. That's the next one. Those you, you got to be a Billy, I think, to have those. A Billy Vanilli. Be a Billy. Well, there's. A Billy. There's Kenny Chesney money too, which is like I just bought an island and that's my island. Yeah, like I know people that are worth hundreds of millions of dollars. They don't have the big yachts and the houses around the world. They got like the one big pad here and like fa- super fancy cars and maybe a nice penthouse somewhere else. But it's not like the Billies are the ones with the like. The place in Bermuda, but the boat that can you can take the boat if you want to New York, like one of those size boats. Do you know any of the maths? No, I don't know any of those maths. Well, like yeah, Jim Balsilli was he's up there. He's got to have that kind of cake, probably. Is he taking a boat to his a second home? Well, he's cool. I think he's still ripping it in Kitchener. He doesn't care. See, that is cool. Yeah. That Blackberry, man, that was huge. I know, but I'm going to say that creates as many problems as it solves having Gulfstream money. I know. Well, I, yeah, so it's it's too it's it's uh, I can't even fathom that because it just it just seems like so much you know what I mean? Like those kind of guys with the meetings all day and like getting up and like Someone, some fucked up routine that starts at 4.30 where they're like massaging their nuts and like fucking, you know what I mean? Putting I don't. things on their eyeballs. <laughs> well, I don't, I, I was with you till the, um. I'm saying some, fu- like, like some fucked up routine that's just like, yeah, this is what they do every day. It's like up, hanging upside down, fucking right. Like I'm on the all the right. bat diet. I hang upside down and eat yeah. mosquitoes, yeah. and I get up at midnight. Yeah. The maths for sure. There are Their some bed is like they're in like they sleep in seawater or something, right? <laughs> <laughs> they sleep in seawater. <laughs> like a pod where they're floating, <laughs> um, like Elon Musk kind of money, like, like, like being, yeah, like a being in the womb vibes. <laughs> <laughs> because it I regenerates their ideas. <laughs> I have a hologram exactly how it was in the, my mother's womb. It's like I have old. It's got like sounds of his mom talking from outside. All that stuff. I'm going to tell you something. 
If I was a Millie Benillionaire, I don't know that I would be doing anything different right now. The Billy Vanillionaire. A Billy Vanillionaire. Yeah. yeah. I don't think I would. Would you? I think. No, I, no way. But I know one thing. A lot of my, I, I, a lot of people I know would be rocking. Yeah. All of a sudden. And be jamming. Yeah. Like uh, I probably rip through it like MC Hammer. <laughs> <laughs> would you? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I. <clears throat> You know what I mean? I was like, when you you know you get to go to the you, you, the guy who gets paid and buys his friends all drinks. Yeah, and nothing on Saturday. <laughs> yeah, you 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 would uh, Dave Grohl your friends at dinner <laughs> for sure, definitely. I would find that hard though. I I wouldn't want to roll with someone who was like, guys, guys, I got it. <laughs> I know, isn't that? But well, I mean, it must be like that when you're with Drake or something, right? I guess. Or it's like guys, don't even don't even say anything. Like I, I wouldn't. The bros. I wouldn't keys. be chipping like, in. Actually, if I was Drake's friend, I wouldn't be like, I, here's twenty, like towards. <laughs> oh my god. Bottle service, right? Thirty dollars. He'd probably, he'd probably get mad at you if you did like handed him a twenty. I know, but like I would get Drake a nice birthday present. <laughs> what would you get him? Like what would you get Drake? Well, so I would get him. The only thing I could. The only thing I could think of would be like maybe like a J Rock game used do like do rag. Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> right, like that would be great signed. Right, that that you'd have to go that route. Like you can't think of like something he wouldn't have because that's not gonna happen. Oh, so here's he, here's a good uh, what should they get them scenario. Friend of mine is um, married to a professional baseball player. Eddie yeah. Vedder loves baseball. Yeah. So they struck up a conversation uh, about baseball and possibly doing some charity work together. Eddie Vedder sent this guy who's a budding guitarist a signed guitar. Yeah. What does this guy give Eddie Vedder back? I actually got Eddie Vedder a catcher's mask from Jason Veritek. See, that's a good the same gift. Styles, like, because yeah, like I I used to chat with Eddie once in a while because of baseball stuff, and uh, just uh, he's a cool dude, man. He's a really awesome guy. But uh, that's what you get him. Like, that's something personal that has like vibe that's what he likes he loves baseball like so when when snoop dog was here should i have given him some blueberry jam from the mass town market <laughs> like something he doesn't yeah. have yeah well for him remember because he said he liked swiss chalet so much yeah he gave him like a gift card swiss chalet no not a gift card like some merch Oh, see, that would be good. I don't think they ever got into merch. I know. It's something they should have done. This birthday get game, this is a great game. What? Like, what would you get blank oh, what, for what, their oh, birthday? Yeah, let's, let's actually call this a game and do it now, like for real. Yeah. You say someone, and then I'll tell you. Okay, you become friends with Mike Myers. Okay. What would you get him for his birthday? Mike Myers. Well, I know he. Uh, I know he's a Leaf fan. Yep. But he's probably gotten everything from everybody. Uh, I have mine already. You do? You just gave it to me, yeah. Uh, maybe like if I could track down a John Candy signed five, uh, eight by ten, that would be solid. See, that's pretty good. Yeah. I was thinking uh, when like, you said Leafs, I was thinking. Um, Remember Adam Liley, our bud in London, took us to uh, the squash court shoe store and they had the Borea Salming court shoes? Yeah. I would get Mike Myers some Borea Salming court shoes. Because that's like, get it? Leafs. And he probably doesn't have those. Okay. Okay, your turn. Pick someone. You, you become friends with... Arlene Dickinson, the the rich. 
the loaded yeah. mask. What are you gonna get her? Well, the first thing that popped into my head is like a beautiful wool Nova Scotia tartan blanket. Everyone gets cold. Doesn't matter how fat your bank account is. That's what you would say. Yeah, and that <laughs> that's a practical gift. For this country, it's a pretty color tartan. <clears throat> yeah, that's what I get Arlene yeah. Dickinson. What would you get her? Uh, tying it back to, uh, well, because uh, some of the, I don't want to stay in the lane, but I mean, like, uh, uh, maybe like uh, something from SCTV in the Edmonton days. Or even maybe a Bob and Doug. What makes album. you think she would want that? A Bob and Doug, a Bob and Doug signed album. Why? Why do you think Arlene Dickinson would want that? That's a gift that you would want, and she yeah, might be like, I think "Oh, appreciate uh, Well, is she is she from Alberta or no? Well, so isn't that a question you'd ask first? <laughs> if she's from Alberta, he could tie it into like the Alberta connection of that era. Okay, but I don't I don't know if she is. Do you feel like she well, is? Forget it. I was hoping to, to tie it in, but if not, it doesn't matter. If uh, if not, then uh, I don't know. I mean, you'd have to track down some uh, some fancy wine or something. She that is would be like whatever salad though. She was born in whoa whoa. What? <laughs> she was born in South Africa. Oh. Oh, well, that just became... Like Sam Roberts styles. Was he? Yeah. Um, I feel like... Now we really got to think it, rethink this. I know. I feel like... Maybe... Some kind of rugby memorabilia. <laughs> okay. Maybe, maybe a Mandela signed... Uh, picture yeah well that'd be amazing yeah um i feel like you are not going to guess within 25 million dollars either way her net worth oh really i have it here yeah guess what it is i'm gonna guess <clears throat> uh 1.4 billy Okay, 125 million. <laughs> I don't know. I, was, I thought you'd have to be a billionaire to be on that show, but I guess not. Well, is Kevin... There are hundreds of millions. Is Kevin Muskoka a billionaire? I don't know. Is he? I don't know. I hope not. What an interesting game this is. Okay, you become yeah, okay. friends it, with... Who's the guy... Uh, he's the uh, GM for the Leafs. The young guy, Max, is friends with him. He has the glasses... Kyle Dubas? Yeah, you become friends with Kyle Dubas. <laughs> what are you getting him for his birthday? <laughs> I'm so into this game. Kyle Dubas. Yeah. What do I get? Or, Kyle or, let's Dubas. change it up a bit. Kyle Dubas invites you and Lisa to come over. He's having a thing. Some oh, people are coming over. Yeah. What do you bring? Yeah, what do I bring? He doesn't drink wine. Yeah, no. Uh... I don't know if that's true. I'm just adding a layer. Yeah. How about an alternative set of glasses? Glass glasses. Like drinking glasses? No, like the glasses he wears. Oh, interesting. Like, like another set of glasses. Interesting. And I could, I could ask him right there. I was like, do you really need these glasses? Put these glasses on. Tell me if you can see any different. I would get him a personalized <laughs> license plate that said D-U-B-A-S-L-F-S, Dubas Leafs. And then Doubt. he'd feel... He wouldn't want that. I know, though. but he'd feel pressure to put it on and watching him kind of be like, <laughs> oh, thanks. And then I would follow up like, have you, have you had a chance to put your license plate on? I'd love to see a picture of it. And then I'd find a way to say like, we should travel together in your car to a thing like it, it would just be an elaborate prank. 
Oh man, that's too much. Dubus leaves. <clears throat> Dubus. Okay, so you've uh, you've become friends with Wayne Gretzky. Oh man, what do you get? I find it hard enough to buy presents for Carol now that she has a clothing store again and clothes and shoes and handbags are off the table. But I imagine with your, you know, your history and love of the Oilers, like he's got to be up there and and like, you know, your sports heroes for sure. Yeah. So what do you get him? (laughs) A bottle of Jack? (laughs) Well, he has his own whiskey. I know, so what do you do? And he has his own winery. (laughs) I think you'd have to go gag gift, like a Flames Lanny McDonald jersey or or some, like, you'd have to go, you're not going to get him anything he doesn't have. Maybe, like, that, that, that picture of, like, him... Like the member that Gary Coleman and Mark Messier photo, <laughs> yeah, together. Like get that one, but it's actually signed by Gary Coleman. That would be pretty great. That would, have, that would be pretty cool. I'd like. There's probably none of those. Or maybe, maybe at this particular moment, I would do a deep dive on <laughs> something like something Waltery that he didn't know or didn't have or right. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, that's going hardcore. Yeah. Or you get like some cool Joey stuff. Joey Moss. Yeah. That would be crazy. Or I get uh, Vicky Moss's autograph on the St. Elmo's Fire soundtrack. There you go. Good job, bud. Oh, is it where we come? We come to the gates, eh? We pass the uh, yeah. The little another finish line on two forty four. Yeah. What a good one, eh? Good chatting, bud. Good Good chatting, it is. (laughs) Oh, <laughs>